1: and river and plain through wind and storm rides and of the air Ann Burton, after delivering a secret wavelength to Jack Baker by parachuting down to the Uncharted Airport in the heart of the Florida Everglades, has attempted to find her way back to the emergency landing field near Miami. Meanwhile, Jack, apparently falling in with a scheme to smuggle diamonds from Africa, is assisting the government secret service in gathering information on the illicit diamond syndicate. Arrangements have been made for gasoline with which to fly the Atlantic Ocean. And as Jack waits for this gas, Joe mentions the name of a man, evidently a native, that he met who called himself Zeb. At the mention of the name, Vic grows excited and speeds the preparations for the takeoff. Meanwhile, a native armed with a rifle has taken Aunt Hattie and Art Morrison into custody. Could it be the same man that Joe met? And if so, what connection has he with the smuggling ring? And what of Ann Burton? Will she appear at the emergency field? Suppose we look in at the emergency field near Miami.
2: Listen. No, sir, I didn't see hiding her hair of her anywhere.
3: Oh, I'm sure that Anne would be able to find a phone or some way of letting us know. Well,
4: I think Anne either hid herself to wait for darkness or she's making pretty slow progress.
2: Unless...
3: Unless... Unless what, Mr. Morrison?
2: I reckon he means unless she got tangled up in them Everglades. And it ain't no trick at all to do that, especially when you don't know them.
3: I suppose I should be very calm and collected, but frankly, I'm nervous as a cat. And you with that rifle last night. Well, that wasn't exactly a sedative to my nerves.
2: I'm sorry about that, Miss Jackson, but I thought you folks was hooked up with them smugglers, and I wasn't taking no chances.
3: Oh, one could see that perfectly. But I still can't see why you're interested in these smuggling people, Mr. Zeb. Surely you're not connected with the government, too.
2: Well, no, except that I'm a citizen of it. I guess you must have been sort of dozing when I told Morrison about it last night.
3: Well, I'll admit I was pretty sleepy. But my feminine curiosity is burning to know all about it.
2: You're sure it's all right to tell her the whole thing, Mr. Morrison?
4: Oh, of course, Zeb. Aunt Hattie has certainly been a great help to us so far. And I'm sure your story might clear up a lot of things.
2: Well, there ain't a whole lot to tell, Mom, as Morrison knows. I used to live here in Florida a few years back. And then me and another fella named George Ross got hold of a map from an old sailor while we was down at Key West one time. It showed the place where there's supposed to be a lot of diamonds.
3: You mean here, in Florida?
2: No, Mom. George would probably have been here today if it had to been. No, these diamonds were in a place in Africa, just a little ways from where the Kimberley mines are, but where nobody ever thought of looking for diamonds before.
4: You never told me, Zeb, where the sailor got the map in the first place.
2: I know it because I don't know. You just don't ask sailors where they get things like that. I did him a good turn and he gave me the map because he said he was too old to have a try at it himself.
3: But surely he could have sold an interest in the map.
2: Yes, and I was going to give him part of whatever me and George found. Except that he died before we even left Key West. So us two, me and George, we get jobs on cattle boats to Cape Town. And from there, we sort of fought our way through the jungle. Part of the time fighting the wild animals and part of the time with the savages.
3: But you found the place.
2: Yes, just like the map showed the natives had been using the stones for sort of decorations for years only they liked the 10 cent store jewelry we took them lots better
3: yes think of that not knowing the value of real diamonds
2: well to tell you the truth mom from the standpoint of decoration the glass looked lots better but that's the only thing the natives was looking for so by trading them the stuff they wanted we got along with them pretty good
3: it's whatever possessed you to leave there with a fortune in your hand
2: well now i was coming to that one day after George and me got together, what we thought was enough to last any man a lifetime, one of the natives come running up and told us that they was white men in the neighborhood, and the signal drums had sent out the word that the strangers were kinda low down and no good, and that they'd been asking for two Americans and a diamond mine.
4: You know, the signal drums are almost as good as white man's radio.
2: Better, nobody understand them, except those that they're supposed to. Well, I decided to leave George on guard at the mine, and go to the native village and have a talk with the chief and see who these fellows were. But I get to the village and it's deserted.
3: You mean the natives would run away?
2: Well, them as didn't run, never would run again. Place looked like a cyclone had struck it. So I went back to our camp just as fast as I could and, well, they would beat me to it. Cleaned out everything slick as a whistle. Diamonds, supplies, everything.
3: But your friend George.
2: Never saw hide nor hair of him, not a trace. But tacked on a tree was a note saying that this was just a warning. That they would take care of the mine from now on. And it was signed, the doctor. Well, I couldn't stay there with no supplies, so I made my way back to the coast. Then I decided to come to the States and see if I couldn't run down the dock and maybe get back some of the diamonds he'd robbed me of. And see if I couldn't get some wind up George.
3: My, my. It all sounds like something out of a book. Oh, please go on, Mr. Depp.
2: Well, I got a sort of a hint that they was operating out of the Everglades with airplanes, and I've been here for the last few weeks trying to find one of them. I thought, sure, I had them dead to rights when I come upon you two last night.
3: Well, Mr. Zeb, now that you know, it really was Doc's gang that you missed, and you know where they are, just what do you think you can do about it?
2: Well, now, Miss Jackson, you, you sort of got me there. Zeb, I've been sort of thinking things over. Why don't we join forces in this thing? Well, sir, I, I was just sort of hoping that you'd mention something like that.
0: That's join M-I-D-I
4: Airship? Now, you just leave the airship business up to us. And you take care of the tracking job, which is far more important. Now, the first thing that I suggest would be... Shh. Listen.
3: What is it? Did you hear something coming? Oh! Somebody my-
4: talking. Kind of fur away-like. I don't seem to... Yes. Oh, I get it. It's the radio. I have turned the receiver on every now and then. Much as I hate to use the battery, but just in case we get a call. And it looks like we have a bite. I'll see if it is. Well, I hate to use the battery this way, but here it goes. Need a little volume, I guess. D-12 calling Morrison, D-12 calling Morrison. Morrison answering D-12. Come in, D-12.
1: Where are you, Morrison? Can you give us your exact position?
4: Can't give you exact lat- latitude and longitude, but well, let's see. I'm about 14 miles northwest of Miami as I make it. Sounds like Ann Burton's been forced to hide in the ship. But you didn't hear, Baker?
1: Not a sound except the carrier wave. Have you cross-checked the position of the transport? Our check shows it must be about 40 miles north, northwest of you. What are your
4: plans? We're still waiting for Ann Burton to show up here. We may have to chance a flight to pick her up. I'll call you back in a few minutes.
3: Okay, Morrison,
4: good luck. Thanks, D-12.
3: You don't suppose those two gangsters have discovered Ann, do you, Mr. Arch?
4: Well, from what D-12 heard, it doesn't sound like it but it's sure that she hasn't found any way to get away from that secret airport.
3: But we have to do something. Well, of
4: course, we don't know just how long it'll be before they can get that ship gassed up for the ocean flight. But they probably have a supply of gas not far away.
2: Yes, there's a sort of a renegade ship's outfitter runs in gas for these fellas. And from the place that radio man gives, he ain't so far away, but what they could have a lot of gasoline in that airship by this time.
3: Then that means they might be starting out right now.
2: Well,
4: once they start out, that'll give Jack a chance to contact our headquarters. Because Vic and Joe won't be able to hear what he says or what he hears through the earphones.
2: What about Ann?
4: Well, that one had me
2: stumped. Well, it ain't got me stumped. That is, if we got one of them fancy bumper chutes that them flyers used to come down in. You mean a
4: parachute? Mm-hmm. Say, there's a couple of them packed in the back. But just who's going to do I it? I am
2: by a cracky. If that snip of a girl had nerve enough to jump over out of an airship and trust a couple of yards of goods to keep her from breaking her neck, I guess Zebulon Abercrombie Esquire can do it too. All you have to do is show me how to make the thing bust open at the right time.
3: But I don't understand just what you intend to do when you get there. If Ann couldn't get back, how do you think we you... Now, here's
2: what I figure. I'll jump out of this thing somewhere near this landing field. But you gotta fly over it, so' I'll know, because I sure missed it while I was prowling around down there. But you fly pretty close, but not close enough to give them a hint. If they ain't left with that big ship yet, then I'll find my way to where they keep the airship. Yeah, but I still don't see how you intend to locate Ann. Well, after hearing what that radio man said, I get it like this. That girl ain't been able to find the road or else she's afraid to get out on it for fear of being seen as long as them two crooks are still there. So she comes back to the only place she knows that she can hide, which is the shed where the airship is. Somebody must have been coming pretty close to the shed when she talked into that radio. So she just slipped into the airship until they left. Well, she's bound to be close to that shed. I'll find her. We'll bring her back to that little settlement. Then I guess I can hire that Jasper fellow with a speedboat to bring us down the canal.
4: Well, then as I get it, Zeb, after we drop you, we come back here and wait for you to bring Anne back. Is that it?
2: That's right, Art. And once uh, we get all of us together, maybe we can find some way to get to Africa.
4: Hmm. Well, first, let's see about that chute.
2: Oh, yeah, here it is.
4: Now, Zeb, we'd better get you into it before we start the motors.
2: Get into it?
4: Yes, I'm afraid you'll really have to get into one of those things, Zeb.
2: OK, <clears throat> I reckon I ain't as young as I used to be. That strap ought to go over there, right there. And this one, there, that's it. Yeah, Say, I must have got this thing on upside down. I thought it ought to fit right over my shoulder blades. Instead of that, it it hangs down like a kind of an in-gate on a wagon. (laughs) That's all right, Zeb. Now, when you get ready to jump... You mean I've got to stand up all the way to wherever it is we're heading for? Have to sta... Oh, I see what you mean.
4: No, no, you just sit right down on the chute just like it was a cushion. That's the way they're built. Well, when you get ready to jump, all you have to do is to fall out face forward and then count 10 and pull this ring.
2: And I mean really pull it. And don't worry about me pulling that when I kind of want to put on the brakes. Only thing is, I might want to sort of slow up a little while I count. D-12
1: calling Morrison, D-12 calling Morrison.
3: The radio again. Maybe Jack sent something about Ann. Morrison, Morrison
2: answering D-12.
4: Come in, D-12.
1: Interstate transmitter switched from our wavelength to the lower band. They called T-S and said they were taking off and
3: Anne can stay in hiding that long did you check reply d12
1: no reply as yet but we're waiting with four receivers tuned to frequency to get location through cross check
4: fine we're taking off now to see if we can locate miss burton she's probably around hangar if transport is left we might take a chance on using their runway signing off we'll
1: wait for your call good luck Morrison. signing
3: off but suppose that Anne is still somewhere on the transport what can we do then well that's
4: just one of the chances we'll have to take but i hardly think that she would be able to hide until they take off without some of them seeing it
3: I think we'd better start. Every minute might count.
4: Okay. Here goes the motor.
2: Getting kind of anxious to get there myself. I just want to see if this here drawstring is really going to work.
1: Will Zeb make his way to the secret landing field in time to lead Anne to safety from her hiding place in the ship? Or will Anne be discovered by the two gangsters before the start is made? Time alone will tell, so don't miss the next nerve-tingling chapter of... And of the airlines.